0: Welcome to the Ministry Story Podcast. Churches have the greatest story on the planet to tell. Let's explore some ways that we can do that with greater effectiveness, impact, and excellence. Hello, this is David Tonin, and I am your host for the Ministry Story Podcast, and this is episode number 11, and today is Monday, March the 14th, 2011. Today we're going to continue a conversation started last week with Anthony Coppage. Anthony is the director of communications with Fellowship Technologies in Dallas, Texas. And he also serves as a church marketing and social media consultant to many churches across the United States. Earlier this year, Anthony wrote a blog post about his experiences interacting with Disney as he booked a family vacation in Orlando. And so Just so that you can get the proper context, I would encourage you, if you didn't listen last week, to go back and pick up that piece first, just so that you have the full picture of what he's sharing in his conversation with me. Today, we're just going to pick up a little bit more and learn a little bit more from his wisdom as to how a church can create a more impacting experience for the first-time visitor and sort of replicate some of the experiences that he had and that I've also had, actually, when I went to Disney in Orlando. So grab a pen, make some notes, and see if there's some way that you can apply personally some of the insights that Anthony shares in today's conversation. Enjoy the show. Now, the third piece, you've sort of touched on a little bit, but the third uh, comment you had in your post was that you need to deliver what you're selling. So what
1: yeah, you- smoke smoke what you're selling is another way to say it. Well, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, churches like that one, but, it's, you know, it's, I thought it was clever.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what did you mean by that?
1: Well, you what you say has to match with what you do. And there's a saying that I don't remember who said it. I apologize. I'm, I'm failing at remember names right now. But you, your actions speak so loudly I cannot hear what you say. And um, so if, if what you're seeing is one thing and what you're hearing is another, there's a lot of dis- disconnect. Uh, Westboro Baptist Church is a church right now that is... Um, interrupting and really being disrespectful of military funerals, saying the reason um, that your son or daughter died is because God's punishing the U.S. military for allowing gays in the military. Look, uh, there's a whole biblical discussion on homosexuality, and it's very clear what the Bible says about that, but this is not an honoring way to handle this, and it certainly isn't the kind of thing we would be Jesus doing. So there is a church that says they're a Baptist church, they're a church, and they're acting like a divisive member of the community. They're not being... Um, encouraging and they're not helping. You can speak the truth, but you must speak it in love. And so if you're going to deliver what you're selling, you have to be consistent across the board. You have to be able to say, we said we're about this, we're going to be about this. And we're not about this, so we're not going to be about this. Whatever those things are, you have to determine that based on prayer and understanding what the Lord wants you to do. And then you have to accent the importance of giving your top effort. Um, people talk about excellence or giving your best and all that. Well, I define excellence as just taking the, doing the very best with what you have. So it, it doesn't mean gold-plated or the top of the line. That, that's not excellent. That's extravagant sometimes, but that's not always excellent. So you give your top effort. You do the very best thing you can with what you have. And you do it with excellence consistently, not just once in a while, not just when it's a new year, not just when you're in a building campaign, not just when you're at a community event. You're always giving that top effort towards the things that you are about, what your church is distinctive about. And you consistently reinforce and recast that vision because people need to hear the vision again and again and again, even those closest to you who are the core and committed members of your church
0: yeah and thank you for defining excellence because I have that conversation all the time, and excellence doesn 't mean perfection not at all, but that top not at all. That, that top effort um, sort of defining it that way or using that language um, every church can uh, acquire a top level effort based on the the resources they have uh, financially, the resources they have as far as volunteers. And, and the consistency element of what you're talking about there is really important right you don't just do it excellent um, when you have a special Sunday when there's visitors uh, you know when maybe it's a special outreach Sunday for visitors um, but you you do it try to keep that excellence or that top effort consistently going in everything you do all the time
1: right and specifically to that point David is um, when you do have a big attendance Sunday you know you got the Lillian um, um how uh, of crowds, right? You've know, got Easter and Christmas, and people that will come those twice a year. Well, what churches put a ton of effort in that and really do big outreaches. And that one weekend we've come to church, man, it's awesome, and you've pulled out all the stops. And then the next weekend they might come back, and, and here's what happens. Hey, what changed? Like, they don't know any better. They don't know what your church is like. So you create this incredible experience, and then you – Go back to business as usual the next week, and business as usual doesn't even get close to matching the excellence of what you've done. That's not your best effort. Um, Man, I would rather you not do anything, not make a big deal out of it, and have a normal weekend, if you will, Mm. and do a big push. But don't change anything, because at least you're consistent. But I think the better thing would be to be, how do we be about excellence every weekend? How do we do that? And um, you know, in the article, I talk about that a little bit.
0: Right, and and that transitions nicely to your fourth point, which was consistent impressions. Um, maybe expand a little bit on what Disney does and how that consistency works into a church.
1: Sure. Uh, well, which is something that said in the article, or have your volunteers exceed expectations with uh, like superlative greetings, like have a fantastical day, or we're so blessed to see you today. And how can I serve you? Or even let me know if I can help you with getting your kids checked in. Or if you need to know, I'll, I'll be glad to walk you over there. So, for example, um, at Disney, you know, when, I, when I get there, they say, you know, how can we help you, Mr. Coppage? It's so We're so glad to have, have you here. hope you have a magical stay at Disney. Great. Um, I, I need to know where I go to drop my bags off. Oh, the member they're taking me and taking care of. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to be at the convention. Well, you're going to go right through here, and they hand me a map, and they're very good about it. And, in fact, they have people floating around. They have, I would call them floaters, and they say, you know, John over here would be more than happy. He's one of our cast members here. They don't call him. They call everybody a cast member there. It's going with their theme. He's a cast member. He'd be more than happy to take you there, and they will personally walk you places. Hmm. This is something I've said churches should do for years. It's great to have a greeter at a front door, a series of greeters, so that you can have that consistent. Someone's always standing there and welcoming. Then it's great to have people that their job is to float. And what they do is they hang out right behind the greeter so that when someone says, hey, they know, hey, you know, they got a name badge. Hey, John's going to come over. Your first time here, we're so glad to have you. If you want any help, you know, John can walk you over, or Sally can take you over to the children's ministry, and uh, we can take you over here to the information area, whatever it is, or we'll be more than happy to get you a seat in church. And whatever that looks like, you, you, you're on it, and you're creating that, that great experience that is, man, if people are really nice. Uh, I've been, like I said, to over 500 churches, and the contrast between Disney and this was significant because at Disney, you didn't go anywhere without people making eye contact and waving or saying hi and how are you or I have a magical day. I mean, it was just constant that you saw that, and it was very consistent. I don't care what their role was, from the people who were staff at the restaurants to the concierge to the check-in to um, – so the people doing the, the cleaning the bathrooms and doing the trash, I mean, they were they were all making eye contact and all greeting. And that's just a training, right? Now, they're being paid to do that. I understand that. And people can say, well, it's easier when you're paying people. It's easier when people believe it, though. So if, if they're genuine, if they really love being at church and they want to serve in some way and they're outgoing people, they're ideal to put in these situations. And they'll be better than paid stuff. If they don't have to do it. They want to do it. And so when, when you walk people and you take them somewhere and you create those um, those experiences, it's great. I, I've been to churches, David, where I went to one church where I walked in. Of course, I'm acting as a visitor. I have no identification that says I'm a consultant from out of town. And I walk in, and I'm not greeted. I, I have to open the door. I open the door for someone else, and I say hi to them. <laughs> I'm hmm. a guest, and I'm saying hi to people, and I let them in the door. And I go inside, and no one's there to greet me. There's you know no coffee. There's no clear signage. I get to the door, and I interrupt, apparently, two ushers standing at a door handing out bulletins. And they're clearly in a, a discussion about sports, these two guys. And so I said, good morning. And they look at me, and he goes, hi. And he hands me a bulletin. And then, I mean, with, before his hand is off the bulletin, his eyes are already back on the other usher, and he's continuing his conversation. And he's completely ignoring me almost. I was blown away. That, that someone would just completely miss the point of, you know why you're standing here, right, dude? I mean, it's, it's not just the bulletin in your hand. I could grab that off a table myself. Um, so you have to create that consistent impression from the website, from a phone call, from a meeting, so that your, your people know to share, this is what our church is about. We so want to invite you if people don't feel that way if their membership doesn't feel like someone have a good experience guess what they won't invite people that's right but your people should be the greatest inviters they should be the greatest front Uh, for your marketing efforts, if you will, in in your community, because they should be excited to have people come, because if they're there, it's because they found something real and genuine and exciting, and they want to share it, and man, how could I hold it back? I tell people about my church all the time. To me, I always say, Gateway is the the healthiest, most balanced church I've ever been to in my life. You will love it. And so I'm 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 a raving fan of it, but I'm also an evangelist for them, right? I'm out there. Winning people to come over to the church and inviting my, my, my friends and, and people I run into, at grocery store and otherwise. It's such an easy invite because I know they're going to have a great experience right. because I'm part of that. I, I own that.
0: Right, and you own that, though, because you've seen consistency in the, ex- in the excellence and the programming and, and the, all of the things we've been talking about. You see that in your church, so you have the confidence when somebody com- that you invite comes that they're going to experience that.
1: Absolutely,
0: David. And, and, and a key thing, too, that I made a note on here was that you, you mentioned about the training. And I think churches don't realize that they do have to train their volunteers a little bit to, to help them see what we're just talking about here. And because if you start throwing around um, terms like have a magical day, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily do that in a church. But if you're asking how can I serve you, I mean, there's a, there's a real balance uh, to come across with sincerity, and, um, Absolutely. and and the only way that's going to happen is if you train people and if they're enthusiastic um, and, and that it isn't a forced uh, way to talk or a forced way to serve, but it is something they're doing truly out of the… Naturally, exactly, right. Exactly, exactly. The final thing you said was have a heart. What did you mean by that?
1: Um, Well, I I can repeat some of what I said in the article. If we share the heart of our church and consistently remind our volunteers and staff that this may in fact be the only chance to meet someone in need or help them when they're nervous about attending for the first time, well, then the role suddenly shifts from this being a job to being a joy. Hmm. I should have a heart for my ministry. I should believe in it and want to share it so that, when someone comes to church, I want them to have a great time, not entertaining. I'm not looking for them to be entertained. I'm okay if that's part of the experience. Nothing wrong with having a good time at church. I'm saying that they feel welcomed, that it's, they're not an outsider. They're just welcome home, right? That this is it, we're so glad to have you. And you can get sappy with this and be weird about it, but I'm just saying if people understand and they believe, because the leadership is saying, guys, remember today when you get out there, there's going to be somebody who's it's a first-timer, and they're going to be nervous, and you know what? They may have had a fight in the car. The husband may or may not want to be there. The kiddos are probably scared to be dropped off. We've got to make it really, really enjoyable and feel very safe and very secure, and we're going to just lead them to a great experience today. And use every Sunday, every service, you're telling your people this because they need to be reminded that, oh, yeah, that's why I'm not just showing up because I volunteered for something. Uh, I'm doing this because it's in my wheelhouse. And to that end, I really feel like churches should be leveraging some sort of gifts assessment um, tools and maybe even spiritual assessment tools to figure out where they where they fit. At Gateway, we do this once you go through our membership classes and you become part of it. And you, then you can discover your your strengths. And they go, hey, you, it looks like based on these things you might be interested in these opportunities. And we, we make it easy to transition them from, okay, I'm getting involved to how do I get involved? Well, I'm going to be involved where I naturally would have a chance to do well. And, and if they don't, we don't force them to stay there well It's key, though, David. It's key that that heart is genuine. It's not genuine if you're having to do something. It's genuine when you want to do something. And so that's where, as leaders, we have to be very intentional about helping find out where people are passionate, plug them in, and let them serve and out of their heart, their desire. And so that becomes critical in training, but it's also critical to recast it every time. This is why. I've So proud of you guys. So glad you're here. Thank you so much for committing to this. The Lord is going to bless your effort. That you are doing this is significant in the life of someone today. You never know what's going to happen. And that kind of attitude from a leader to their people is going to just foster over time the consistency of, I remember why I'm doing this. And certain people are going to be better at other things than others, and that's okay. But we're going we're going to try to find to put people and right fit them into a ministry area where it's in their wheelhouse, where they are natural and it's easy and they can do it, and it's not something they've been asked to do because, oh, we have a need for more nursery workers, or we have a need. Look, you always have needs. People never give to need, by the way. If they gave to need, you would never see the Salvation Army ringing bells at Christmas. Because they want to be taken care of, right? right? People give to what they believe in. So you can either believe, you can give out of compulsion. I, I feel guilty. I've got a nice house and my life's not so bad. I've got a job right now in this economy. Yeah, I'll give some money. So that's not bad to do that thing, but it's better to say, I can't wait to support someone. I can't wait to give to do something. And it's true also in our time. I can't wait to serve in this way. I'm excited about being here this week. I'm excited about doing these things. Whatever that is, whether that's behind the scenes or in front of people or even if it's not on a weekend. Some people do a lot. I do a lot of volunteering in my church um, in leadership teams with staff, and that's during the week on weeknights, and I get off work and sometimes go over there, and, and that's that's a natural thing for me because of my experience. It's, it's helpful, and I love serving that way, and I get so much out of it, and I'm excited when I hear about the inner workings of things, and so they know what they know what plugs me in, and they know what makes me happy, and they're more than happy to have me do it because they value me being sold out to what i'm doing i believe it i drink the kool-aid man And, and and disney did that for me you know they did it for people when they come in church can learn from that and actually here's the big difference disney can give a temporary experience and you can have a lot of fun and build a lot of great memories but they can't change your life that's right and church church can absolutely change someone's life not the building the people and so when we have the understanding that this is about a, a desperate race for life change, a desperate race to connect people with a loving, real God who just can't wait for them to come back to them, to find him and know him, man, how do you not get excited about that? That, to me, is is where you have a leadership development system in place that you make it about the heart, serving where you have a good fit, and then you will have the consistency, you will have the uniqueness, you will have the differences that people say, I want to bring that, and you will grow because healthy things grow.
0: Well, I've got nothing to add to that because you covered everything that I would have said or or responded to, and, and that was brilliant, so thank you. Um, That's very kind. <laughs> Obviously, we're, we think a lot alike because you, you hit everything that I was going to say. Um, I had made a couple notes here, and you, you got them all, so well done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks. I've uh, been we... doing it for a while. Yeah, I, <laughs> I believe in this stuff. It's not just something to talk about, David. This is what I believe. I am called to serve a local church. Yeah. I know that, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's on a macro scale.
0: And your enthusiasm comes out, and, and I appreciate you sharing it with, with me and with everyone who's listening today. Thank you so much for that. Why don't sure. you tell people yeah. how they can connect with you online, where your blog is, and uh, how they can find you on Twitter or anywhere else that you might be?
1: Well, I'm hoping that you'll have links because no one gets my last name spelled correctly, but <laughs> AnthonyCoppage.com. It's like cop with an extra P, than edge. That's my way of making it easy, but I'm sure they can link to it right there, and um, that, that makes it pretty super simple. I have my my blog is there. Um, I'm on Twitter, just twitter.com forward slash Anthony Coppedge. Really easy on Facebook, Anthony Coppedge. I tried to make it simple for people to get in touch with me,
0: and um, And I I love what I do. Great, and I'll put those links, like you suggest, in the show notes, and uh, hopefully maybe sometime down the road we can have a chance to not only meet in person, but maybe we'll have a chance to also record another podcast because you've written some stuff on Twitter, Uh, on why that's important for churches and you have a real passion of integrating technology into the local church and I think you and I could probably uh, fill up um, a couple hours just talking and we've already blown through over 30 minutes so thank you so much for your time today, I really appreciate it
1: You're welcome, blessings to you
0: Thank you for joining us for today's Ministry Story podcast Feel free to post any comments you may have on ministrystory.com Our podcast theme song is Could This Be the End of the Hiding by The Contact, who can be found at thecontactmusic.com. Please join us every Monday for another inspirational conversation designed to increase ministry effectiveness as we share the greatest story ever told.